listening to What the Truck. Man, my favorite season, Chad. First day of fall. Halloween's going to be here right before you know it. Right around the corner. My kid's favorite holiday. He actually instituted like a Halloween tree at home. And every year we'll do that like a Christmas tree. (laughs) Okay, wow. Really getting into it. It's kind of like a religion at your house. Yeah. And if you really want to flex... There's a yeah. new Kit Kat, luxury Kit Kat that costs seventeen dollars, fifteen hundred flavors. Wow! That you can personalize, and it comes with personalized tracking as well. You're gonna give those away on Halloween. Tra- <laughs> so it comes with a transponder, huh? It does. It sounds like something right out of uh, Willy Wonka and the Cho- Chocolate Factory. Yeah. So if you were gonna be one of the uh, characters uh, in Willy Wonka, would you be Violet Beauregard, hmm. Veruca Salt, or or Mike TV? I would have gone with an Oompa Loompa. Because then you could repurpose it in other years. <laughs> yeah, but you'd be like it would be like slave labor. But yeah, okay. Well, what do you give away on Halloween? I, uh, you know, I give pennies, raisins. Yeah. Oh yeah, lots of raisins. <laughs> uh, um, I do. We do lots of tricks. We scare kids so they don't come back. No, of course. We just the whole array. But you know, yeah. Uh, blow pops. Those are always a fun, fun one. You can't just though. You can't just leave the big bowl there and go trick-or-treating elsewhere because inevitably, like, kids just start scooping yeah. it out by the handfuls. It, and it's, they just don't play. It's usually there. bad candy when people leave it that way, too. You know, like like those orange and black, like, taffy I think it's things. bad karma to take take all the candy. Yeah. yeah. We know it's good karma. Let's get to the headlines. Okay, yes. Lots of good... <laughs> Yeah, man, good news for the British tanker that was captured in Iran. A lot of bad news out of the Middle East, but this this was uh, this was at least something positive, right? Yeah. The, the British flag tanker, the Stena Imperio, which was seized last July, has finally been cleared to leave after a tense past few months. The ship had a crew of 23, seven of which had been released earlier this month, but the rest were still held on board. And I was kind of wondering about their conditions, too. Where do you stick a crew like that? Well, I guess they just uh, lock them on the uh, on the vessel. Interesting. I don't know. I don't, I don't, what happens if you run out of food? Some of those questions haven't really been answered. Being stuck on a cruise ship. Well, it's interesting timing considering the recent allegations by the U.S. regarding the oil strikes in Saudi Arabia. Right. You know, it was unexpected. Maybe it's a sign of things to come. Mm-hmm. The uh, the tanker was accused of violating international maritime law, and about it was about July fourth, I believe, in the Strait of Hormuz. But uh, the charges were dropped, and the ship is now free to go. But at the same time, I mean, so the, the timing was weird because British Prime Minister Boris Johnson said earlier in the day that there was a very high degree of probability that Iran conducted the drone strikes in Saudi Arabia and that Britain isn't ruling out military action. Weird. But so and so and then, OK, and, you know, you're free to go. Right? Yeah. You know, OK. You think maybe to be like, don't. <laughs> don't, don't. Here, here's your tanker back. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Take it easy, Britain. Uh, you think anything whatever. happens there? You think you think we go to war, like th- there's troops deployed over this? Well, I don't want to go there. I, the, the the extreme eco- economic sanctions that they're trying to do is a is a form of warfare. It's an economic form of warfare, right? Yeah. I mean, as it is. What do you I, think about the the future of drone warfare? <laughs> I think I think it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's too bold of a prediction. Hmm. Yeah. All right. What else is? Well, at least those guys are free, right? Uh, yes. So to the, I've seen reports that there were 28. I saw 23. Whatever the case, to those people that were on board, congratulations. Welcome home soon. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, proximity to Mexico helped San Antonio secure $1 billion deal with manufacturers. In the span of several days, the city of San Antonio announced new deals with auto manufacturers Toyota, Navistar, and ASIN AW. The investment from the three international companies means great more beer, than... By the way. What's that? Great root beer, by the way. Oh, that's A&W. Not Asin A-W, uh-huh. you silly. Making me thirsty. The investment from the three international companies means more than $1 billion in new projects for the fast-growing San Antonio region, officials said. Toyota announced a $391 million upgrade of its current facility in San Antonio. Ace and AW and Navistar announced new projects worth a combined $650 million and 1,500 jobs. So good job to that area of yeah. the country. Maybe you could call it, as San Antonio Mayor Ron Nirenberg did, a billion-dollar week. I, I do. I would. Yeah, he said the new investments build on Toyota's existing San Antonio infrastructure and takes advantage of the city's proximity to the U.S.-Mexico border. The audio manufacturer opened its Tacoma Tundra plant in 2003, where it employs almost 6,000 people through a, through a network of 23 on-site suppliers. And uh, here's what Bexar County Commissioner Nelson Wolf, one of the officials who helped negotiate Toyota's move to San Antonio, had to say. He said, without Toyota, I do not believe we would have attracted Navistar. Well, there you have it. Yeah. What do you think about that? I think that Navistar really wanted Toyota to be there. You know, it solidified the the potentiality of their billion-dollar week. (laughs) (laughs) Very insightful, Chad. Okay. Former (laughs) New York State DOT engineer sentenced for misappropriating funds. I feel like we read a headline like this for the past, like, couple weeks. We constantly have someone pilfering and stealing money, don't we? I know. And that's why (laughs) I'm starting to, like, if you were asking me big deal, little deal, I guess I would, you know— have to start saying little deal because it's happening all the time. Well, I mean, it's a big deal that it's happening all the time, isn't it? So a former yeah. New York State Department of Transportation engineer was sentenced to one year of probation in U.S. District Court in Albany, New York, after pleading guilty to misappropriating more than $17,000 from a road project that was largely funded by the highway, the Federal Highway Administration. Court documents allege that, Jer- is it Jerome or Jeremy? Jerome. Jerome. Pretty sure. Jerome Lazen, 45, of Gavinsport, New York, served as NYS.S engineer in charge of a $10.5 million road reconstruction project on Route 4 in Washington County, New York, from December 2012 to November 2014. Infrastructure. Uh, An episode of an upcoming episode of Off the Supply Chain. Well, (laughs) thanks for the plug. That's right. Lazen admitted that shortly after work began on the project in 2012, He asked the contractor's project superintendent to purchase more than $17,000 in goods and services for his personal use using the company's credit cards, according to his plea agreement. Court documents claim the contractor's project manager and other employees purchased a laptop, Mm. computer monitor, a home entertainment surround (laughs) sound system, a printer, and gift cards for Lazen's personal use. Yeah, he was really outdated. Print stuff. Other, but check this out, other items purchased for Lazon included a lawnmower, a snowblower, and a power washer. I mean, he was just taking care of the practical things, right? You know, I mean, just had to do a few upgrades. If you pilfered, uh, I don't know, a couple million, what would you be purchasing at, like Lowe's or Home Depot? Well, I would, you know, I would get a state of the art uh, sustainability tractor. Do you have a riding mower? Uh, no, I don't. I don't have that much space. Yeah, I've always wanted one. I had like an electric mower, like that was on yeah. battery that you didn't plug in, and it was fine for like a couple months. But it, like just like your phone battery, as it started to die, I couldn't get through my yard. The batteries. It was just so frustrating it's... to have to do it, and then it was it was it was prohibitively 
expensive to buy a second battery to charge. Very, yeah, very it's like as much as the lawnmower for the battery. Yeah, it li- right. literally yeah, was. Re- yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that action, but hopefully the technology is getting better and we'll keep you up to date. Well, if on I was that. pilfering money from, I guess, NYS Dot, I could, uh, I could just use that money to buy another battery. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, here is uh, here's one from our friends there at American Shipper. CBP's entry type 86 test Ooh. starts September 28th. Customs and Border Protection explores electronic methods to capture data on the estimated 1.8 million package shipments valued at less than $800 arriving in the U.S. each day. U.S. Customs and Border Protection said it that it said that it will start on September 28th, the test of a new import entry type, which it said will improve its ability to monitor the safety and security of low-value shipments, known as Entry Type 86. The test will cover imports with a de minimis value of less than $800. It's not mandatory, CBP said. Yeah, the de minimis value of U.S. imports not required to file a formal entry and paid duties was raised from 200 to 800 under the 2015 Trade Facilities and Trade Enforcement Act. That's the TFT, T-E-A. Easy to remember. Yeah, for uh, for you customs brokers fans over there. And by the way, when I was on the beach out there, some lady yelled at her small child, you're out of compliance right now. And I thought to myself, that parent is probably also a customs broker. <laughs> but anyways, the data elements yeah. required for a Type 86 entry include bill of lading on airway, uh, bill of lading or airway bill numbers, entry number, plant port of entry, shipper name, address and country, constant name and address, country of origin, quantity, fair retail value in the country of shipment, the harmonized tariff code, of course, the importer of record, uh, owner, purchaser, broker. So the standard stuff that you would bring in with entry documents. But I think that what makes this really powerful is that with e-commerce, and so many small packages coming into the country, they, you know, getting a little bit smarter about collecting data and maybe making the post office profitable. What, what, what do you feel like? Like, why 800, do you think? Like, what, why is that the, you don't want to go as high as 900 and just 100 under 1,000? Or, yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, it was 200, so they're just, yeah. they're, they're trying to cut down on paperwork a little bit. But yeah. there's a certain sort of cutoff point. You got to have where, a yeah. cutoff point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you have to cut off somewhere. You know who's coming in next? Talk about pricing. Talk about pricing power. I know. It's going to be Kevin Hill. Oh, you're going to go ahead and spoil it, huh? Oh, is it? Is he here? Is he here? He is here. Here he comes. It is Kevin Hill. Thank you for coming in. We've just started covering this pricing power index. This is Kevin Hill from the Freight Waves Freight Research Team. That's our new intro, man. Yeah. You must be doing nice. something You're right. Pumped, right. I guess so. We've got you a yeah. bumper and everything. Oh, nice. Thank yeah. you very much, guys. All right. So people who may have missed it, first of all, just quick glossy. What is the pricing power index? Uh, the pricing power index is the R gauge of pricing power between shippers and carriers published on a weekly basis at FreightWaves.com. And we take in a lot of different uh, information, a lot of macro information, but, you know, load volumes, rejection rates. Uh, spot rates, paper rates, all those good things with economic policy and everything else in the market, which last week there was uh, some big news that, that led off the week mm. uh, that affected uh, that pricing power index. But we take that and 
just like the the college football playoff committee. Yeah, we take all that and put a score on. Well, it. the Saudi Arabian strikes that were yeah, that yeah, was okay. one of them. Yeah, right. yeah. three. One of the things I think that's interesting about the pricing power index it does come out weekly. It's like even if uh, maybe the scales don't necessarily modulate a lot from week to week, and and that's yet to be seen. But there was a mm-hmm. little bit of difference this week. Sure, but you do factor in many considerations, which mm-hmm. kind of makes it a fascinating synthesis yeah. of, of goings-on. Yeah, so, so the end result is that number we peg, but then we have all these other different categories, cr- critical events, yeah. Saudi Arabia, uh, UAW auto workers strike, uh, the rains in Houston that, that really affect things on a short term. Um, interest rates were cut. That's a macro type of yeah, economic policy. I, I noticed that it's a little, you also consider short-term, medium-term, long-term aspects in the mm-hmm. in the prognosis for some of yeah. these categories where were we at last week so uh last week the week before prior we were at uh 40 okay and we moved up to 45 this past week uh we started the pricing power index at 35 okay um so so basically 50 is complete equilibrium Neutral. in the market complete equilibrium and um as we go down to zero uh, shippers gain the power mm-hmm. and as we Go to 100, carriers have the power. So if you think yeah. about 2018, uh, carriers are over 75 plus, yeah. right? So, yeah. And so, well, so diesel, certainly a big talking point mm-hmm. last week. Sure. Uh, well, what happened? How does that factor in? You know, it didn't factor in as much as we thought it would oh. on Monday. Yeah. Monday, uh, oil prices shot up 15%. So we thought, oh, this is going to make a, a huge impact. But um, uh, within a couple of days, uh, I, you know, the truck stop prices went up maybe for a day, and then they kind of slid down. I was looking uh, earlier earlier this morning, and we're at like two ninety eight a gallon, which we were around three oh nine maybe at the top of last week, but mm-hmm. three oh two by the finish of that week. So it's back flat. And and Kingston did a, a really good report and videos on what was happening in the wholesale market last week was, was yeah could another attack be really devastating though if, if uh, yeah. saudi or yeah so so basically they were saying two to three days of supply i think we put in two or three weeks um because you know you can never really trust any organization uh, about the timeliness after a disaster but any other shocks i mean you're taking out five percent of the daily uh daily millions per day consumption of oil, which is a huge amount. And if that mm-hmm. doesn't get online uh, soon, there will be, you know, there'll be some other shocks. But anything else in the world that goes on, Iran, Venezuela, piracy, you know, just just anything uh, would exacerbate what we're already seeing because so it's very uh, tight right now. So what other factors are going on right now? What, what could influence this index uh, this week and in the coming weeks? So one of the big things is really, really economic policy, but critical events as well. Uh, we're, we're always have an eye on on volumes and rates. Uh, rejection rates yeah. uh, shot up a little bit. Uh, it was a great week for for that. If you're a carrier, uh, you got a, a really nice climb because it's been you know uh, it's, it's been on the floor all all year, yeah. and it's just finally making a climb. And that could be a, a little bit on the UAW. Auto workers type of uh, situation, so that's something that, in the short term, right now that's that's bad because it depresses yeah. flight, uh, d- depresses volumes, uh, because both GM isn't producing anything, mm-hmm. and then their vendors can't ship, so it's going to depress load volumes in those areas. 
But once that UAW strike is settled, you're going to have all this just-in-time manufactured merchandise that just needs to get out the door as fast as possible. So you're going to stack up inventories, and those inventories have to get out fast. So that's going to be a really good thing for for carriers. So 45, still a shipper's market, mm-hmm. right? But so let's uh, let's think that if it's moving into the carrier side and these tariffs are coming in, mm-hmm. what could that mean for, for shippers moving into the holiday season? Are these costs going to start getting passed on to the consumer? Is that more of a 2020 issue? Probably more of a 2020 issue. I I think it will tighten up a little bit going into the the fourth quarter of the holiday season. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of legs to to do really any shocks, but we'll we'll see. I mean, rejection rates, uh, if that trend keeps going forward, we might see some a little elevation in rates. I know that contract rates are coming down, which is bad for contractor paper rates, but that spread between – Paper rates and spot rates is going to to slim down. It's going to narrow, which should bring up spot rates. So that's something else that, that we're looking for. And oh, that's going yeah. to, uh, uh, you know, contract rates coming down is sounds like it's bad news for carriers. But just in the short term, that, that's actually a pretty good thing for the, the long term because it, once that, that spread between paper rates and spot rates narrows down to – being kind of in equilibrium, the natural spread mm-hmm. uh, itself, that should stabilize the market. Well, right. we can, um, you know, as you come on and do this pricing power analysis, you know, we can start having a little bit of the segment of where Kevin was right and yeah. where Kevin was wrong, right? Yeah, so gonna make, definitely. You can make some bold predictions, and uh, I think you did make a prediction of where you see the power index going over the next few months. Make a prediction. How about so, for next week? <laughs> I don't know about next week. I don't, I don't want to, to give well, the number out before Thursday when it's published. Right? Okay. So every Thursday okay. on FreightWaves.com. Maybe we could ask you later but on. We'll three ask months. you a prediction, a short term prediction. Uh, and, yeah. and, yes, okay. Give three us months. Your, so I always publish months. a three months number. Too, okay. Right? okay. So in three months we have, uh, have it sitting at 60, which would be on the carrier side. Wow. Just barely, but that is interesting. On the, on, Seeing on that the, side. the pendulum cross yeah, I know. the threshold. Yes. Okay. Seven. How did it here? Uh, so basically, this is published every Thursday. You can find it this week's right now, but every Thursday we have a new pricing power index coming out on freightwaves.com, usually in the mid afternoon. And uh, we also shoot videos and what the truck and podcasts yeah, and, sure. and all those good things. So go to freightwaves.com and uh, just search for power, uh, power pricing index, and you, you'll see it. Yeah, PPI. Thanks like, for joining us. Sort of like power windows. Power windows. Yeah. Or a power washer like that guy yep. who stole the money Ooh. from uh, Nice Dot. Yes. Yeah. Power right. to the pricing. Right. See you later, Kevin. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Kevin. Fan stinking tastic. Five, count of five. Five, two minutes. Five good minutes with us, right? Wow. <laughs> hey, I think everybody can get on board with that. Yeah, yeah. talking about a pretty pretty fun thing that is uh, coming to a close. We want mm. you to vote for the Freight Tech, your nominations for the Freight Tech 100. Yeah. So so jump on in. Let's tell them a little bit about what it all is. Yeah, means. so the Freight Tech 100 is what we're taking nominees for right now. The Freight Tech 25 is something that's derived from there, but it's determined by a simple point system, right? So yep. all of this stuff funnels down. So your nominations come in. There's a committee that selects the 100, and then that reduces down to the 25. The Freight Tech 25 is determined by a simple point system based on how each voter ranks the industry's most innovative and disruptive companies. A company receives 25 points for each first place vote, 24 points for each second place votes, 
so on and so forth of the 25th company. The rankings are set by listing each company's point total from highest to lowest. The mathematical formula is the same one used for the Amway College Football Coaches Poll, the AP Pro 32 rankings. That's fun. And the AP Top 25 rankings for men's and women's college basketball. Yep, and we did it last year, and using the, so this is the second year, yeah. using the Freight Tech 100 list, so each voter, they'll rank their 1 to 25 companies, you know, once once they get that list that we want your nominations mm-hmm. for, then uh, they, they uh, will select down to the 25 most innovative companies in freight. Voters can vote. You can right now uh, for the Freight 100 list on the, uh, it's the Freight Tech 100 list, and it's right at the top of our Freight Waves uh, page a company receives 25 points, as we just said, for each first-place vote. So you want to get a lot of those. The rankings, um, they're set uh, from what you know the highest to the lowest. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, the nomination deadline is coming up. That's why we're, we're you know putting a little fire on here. It's October 5th, yeah. 2019. You can submit as many nominations as they want, but all required fields must be completed in order for the nomination to count. There's a few on there, so just be mindful of that to get on that Freight 100 list. Freightwaves and KSM, I know you would love to vote for us, but we are the only companies active in freight not eligible for this nomination. A company must be actively innovating in freight to be considered for the Freight Tech 100. Um, and, yeah, as you mentioned, this is the second year. Yeah, so uh, so it'll be really fun to see uh, who will emerge. You know, last year we, uh, let's see, last year who did, like, we had, I remember Amazon won number one. Hmm. You know, so it was, uh, well, it'll be interesting to see. So how does the top five continue? Amazon was up there. Project 44 was second. Tesla was third. Uh-huh. Fourth, fourth was Convoy. Convoy hmm. and JB Hunt 360. Yes, they were fifth. Um, there, there are a whole lot of players, though. Uh, Uber Freight, Four Kites, FedEx, CH Robinson, Keep Trucking, all in the, in that in, in that running. Doc Four One One, Waves. Well, okay. Well, how do you think perception has? How do you think perception has changed between Hunt Convoy and JB Hunt Three Sixty? Be- between the the top five, um, <laughs> I would say <laughs> I would say yeah, hopping right on in. You know, it's hard to see Amazon slipping from that monolithic place of first that they've got. Project 44 has done some amazing things, partnering with Walmart and Amazon. I mean, Tesla's had a lot of bad news. I don't know. So maybe they could be slipping. Convoy and JB Hunt 360 seem to have strong, yeah. solidified places in this top five. The only one mm. that I would predict, if I had to make a prediction, it would be seeing Tesla slip out of that third place. All right, well, here, I like some dark horses. So some of them yeah. I like are, uh, I like this Six River System Shopify thing. Shopify picked up Six River Systems for $450 million. They're oh, dealing with robots, warehouse no robots. I like to see that category emerging. That's exciting. Freightos, I've talked to this V-Schreiber on Freightways Insiders. They're starting to have their load board, not just on the ocean, but in the air as well. Triumph Pay, of course. I'd love to see them move up in the rankings. They do a great job with factoring. Everybody loves getting paid. Yimi, da- yeah. Yimi Dita is uh, another interesting one. It's that cloud-based delivery service in China that deals with, uh, r- with, with rural towns doing delivery there. They have $266 million in Series D funding. But here's one. Yeah. How about this? Oh. Walgreens. Walgreens is testing out delivery drones. Is that so, your bold prediction? That, well, I think they're just going to move up the list. I don't know if they are on the 100 last year. I don't think they were. And I think that they should appear on there for what they're doing in Christianburg, Virginia, which is they have 100 items that you can now have shipped by drone. Yeah. Uh, well, it's 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 an honor to be in the top twenty-five. 
you get a trophy, you get acknowledgement for it. And, yeah. and our editorial team writes a piece for each of the top 25 companies Lots of ways to share the love, yeah. I guess, internally and externally. Well, you know what? Because we rely heavily on our editorial team for a lot of the content they make to inform us so we can act as a funnel to bring it to all of you. And there's a lot of companies out there doing great things. So it helps us to have that sort of pared down to the 25. We know the most important companies to talk to. And being nominated in there, quite the honor, quite exciting. Right on. Go so to FreightWays.com. It's at the very top of the page, and there's a simple form to fill out. We'd love to see you there. Yeah. Thanks for voting. Let's play some uh, let's play some market expert trivia. JP, he came in a little bit early. JP, JP come on in, sir. jumping the gun, but he's we will back ask him too. We were just talking about the Freight Tech 100. I was I was talking about some dark horses on there. JP, yep. I was saying uh, I really would like to see Walgreens show up for what they're doing with the drones with Christian in Christianburg, Virginia. Those deliveries, I think that's exciting. Um, what do you think? Do you have a dark horse that you that wasn't in the top five? You know, not the Teslas of the world. Um. Hmm, interesting. In the top great, five, great. who do you think stands? I mean, is it going to be a similar top oh, five? No, who just, who just moves up the list? That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I think there, radio there are new companies <laughs> that uh, have come out since that, you know, since last year, like Colane, I think will be really interesting. They use uh, an AI chatbot. Hmm. For uh, to communicate with with carriers and shippers about loads. Okay, dark um, horse candidate. Dark horse. I think once more people learn about what they do, they'll be pretty impressed. Okay. You know, um, we'll have to see what Jeff Silver and and Mastery do. Mm-hmm. Right. The um. Yeah. The uh, software company that he founded with Paul Loeb. You yeah. Know, the, so that didn't exist last year. So I think, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I don't know if they'll uh, have the, the kind of market penetration and the, the brand name t- to, to really pop up on the list, but I'm, I'm kind of interested to see if, if people nominate them. Well, very wow. interesting. So, um, you know, you're here to, to, uh, play, uh, to play. Marketing trivia. Marketing trivia. Marketing trivia. Now we have another game. What is this one called? And I bet you didn't know, though, that you were getting a pop quiz. Yep. I I assume that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it is. It's a pop quiz. Here's Um, the rule, sir. He's going to read the questions. We have to wait until he's completely done, and then you can hit this button here that says Game Show Buzzer. Who's ever fastest on the fingers gets to answer first. But if you are wrong. Yeah. Your opponent gets to answer as well. We have five questions plus, if if necessary, a tiebreaker question. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so. Uh, this is the focus of our market expert trivia is on automation nation. Automation. No, no, you keep your hand right here. Yeah. Hand, Automa- palm on the table. Wow. Sorry. Look at you competitive that, dude. dude. Okay. He's palm on his, the table. Palm right here. Um, All right. He's okay. making up the rules as he okay. goes. Uh, so it's automation nation. Yes. You two were panelists on a forthcoming, uh, off the supply chain episode. Forthcoming is in this Friday. As in this Friday. Yeah. So. At noon. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, so we well, thought that we would test your knowledge wow. here all over again. Question yeah, number one. <laughs> all right. Ready? In 1947, how many American workers were employed in the goods-producing industries of manufacturing, mining, agriculture, and construction? Is it A, nearly one quarter, B, nearly one half, C, nearly two-thirds, or D, nearly three-fourths? <laughs> 
I think JP was on it slightly ahead. Slightly ahead. I'm going to say nearly one half. B, nearly one half. Correct. Yay. Nice job. Little little flat, right. flattened cowbell for you there, JP. All right. All right. Number two. In the 50-year time period between 1967 and 2017, the proportion of high school dropouts in the workforce fell from blank percent of adults to just over blank percent. Is it A, from 27 falling all the way to 4? Is it B, 37 falling to 8%? Is it C, 47% to 16% or D, 57% to 21 It is C. I am sorry, that is incorrect. <laughs> wow, you said it very confidently. Yes. Though. All right, so I guess the follow-up, counterpunch. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to go bigger. I'm going to say, no, I'm going to say B, actually. I'm going to say B again. <laughs> B is small. correct. Ah! It is the uh, workforce. Two Bs in a row. See, that's, that's like the rule, like, in, in, right. in uh, what is it called, like, multi- Really? What's it called? Like the the bubble test? Um, multiple choice. In multiple choice, you know, you never want to say the same letter twice in a row, but this time. Ah. Wow. See, All but right. like you're know. like outthinking the D&D. thinking. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it. you were correct. <laughs> um. So okay, number three. Many blank jobs will be taken over by machines. Mm-hmm. A. Food preparation. B. Office administration. C. Transportation jobs. D. All of the above. Oh, oh, come e, on. None of the above. <laughs> it, it was A. Say, you were a little jumpy a. on the gun. I was not jumpy on the gun. I didn't you think it's right. A, food yeah. pre- preparation? Yeah. That is incorrect. No, it's what? all of the above. D, all of oh. the above. Uh. Wow. <laughs> I kind of JP. He can, he can play I think, think Dieter's throwing this one, dude. I think, mm. he's, I think he's getting no, paid off by the, by the mob. Mm. All right, number four. Let's see what Hail Mary's we can accomplish here. All right. What positions are most likely to prevail, along with jobs that require interpersonal skills and emotional intelligence? A, highly creative. B, technical. C, personal care. D, domestic service jobs. E, all of the above. F, none of the above. That was uh, all of the above. All of the above. That is correct. All right. So there's one for Dooner. He gets on the board. Number five. What occupations are likely to see the most robust growth over the next five years? A, manufacturers. B, carpenters. C, ice cream scoopers. D, none of the above. E, all of the above. I got that first. I got it first. None of the above. Okay, it is none of the yeah. I don't really know who who <laughs> there. All right. Um my bonus question is Ugh. so what's it all about? What? What's it all about? What's your answer? If you had to say what's it all about. What's what all about? You have to answer the um, question. What what do you mean what's it all about? Auto, is this in the context of automation? About. Yeah, so is, is that your answer? No, I think oh. my answer is that you know, boring, monotonous, repetitive tasks, and also dangerous jobs are more likely to be automated. Uh, jobs that um, re- you know require creativity and things that humans are naturally good at. You know, like do like solving a unique problem, adapting yeah. to a, a different circumstance that's never been seen before. Far less. You really to be think automated. he had an answer that long? 
It's all about making sure your fast food comes out right. Because when I was at the airport with you, I asked for no avocado spread on my sandwich. And you know what the guy did? He put avocado in there, had to make a new one. A robot would not have done that. Um, that those are both very good answers. I'm sorry, they're wrong. The, it, the hokey, hokey, pokey? the hokey pokey is what oh, it's all about. I, yeah, that's you started to sing it, but you didn't uh, enter. Yeah. Anyway, you won. Anyway, uh, that was just all right. Fun. Three to two. Wow. Three to two. Good job, guys. I love your analysis, oh, even yeah. when you might <laughs> well, lose. Well, thank you for times. joining us, JP. It's that all was, about yeah, the edutainment. Thanks, JP. Read his articles, JP Hampstead. Thanks, guys. Yeah, man. Thank man. you. All right, on the radar. Yeah, where's Kyle? Kyle. Kyle Cunningham. Oh, I see him moving down the street. Kyle is Kyle, Kyle driving. I'm in here licking my wounds after losing a little automation. Oh, nation. no. On the radar. Presented by Sonar. Oh, Kyle, Hello. joining us from uh, the night shift. Hey, man. Yeah. Right? Hey, yeah. man. Welcome. Thanks. Welcome to the show. It's been a minute. You're, you're, you're about to pile drive some some data into submission for us. It's Great good news all around. Turning it? it actionable. It is. It's good news all around. First day of fall. Oh, I love that. Kit Kats. Yeah, seventeen dollar Kit Kats. All about Kit Kats. Have you? Would you get a seventeen dollar Kit Kat? Seventeen, possibly. That's Lux. What's your favorite season of the year? Fall. Yeah, fall. me too. Me too. It's, yeah. it's college football. It's campfires. Oh. It's being able to go outside without bugs. It's yeah. a little cooler. It's nice, man. And, and the allergies don't bother me in the fall like they do sometimes. Yeah. All the spooky yeah. stuff goes in stores, too. It's okay exactly. to like, buy it's weird fun, things dude. and like fake blood. And I got to gotta adjust my sonar charts to the Halloween theme. Oh, yeah. Put a little oh, more orange idea. in there. Yeah. I like that. Maybe, maybe I'm afraid it was now. All right. Uh, what's in your jack-o'-lantern? Oh, man. <laughs> jack-o'-lantern of sonar. 6%, uh, 5.99 outbound tender rejects, which is nice because it's finally, it's been floating above 5%. Since September 15th, which is really good. Now, granted, that's the national average, and it's taken into effect yeah. the concept of the, the Detroit Saginaw, the Michigan troubles that are happening. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, um, you know, after all that stuff fizzles out whenever it does and the freight starts moving again, you could see those rejections possibly shoot right back down. But for the carriers out there, uh, the closer we get to 10 percent the more balanced the market becomes and so that's across the board just giving you a perception i think heading into holidays you'll probably see more rejections i mean you got uh i mean i saw today my wife was telling me uh spokane washington's looking at possibly getting snow this weekend wow so the, it's going to get frozen soon there's going to be a lot more uh, volatility happening and then yeah michigan going crazy indianapolis actually definitely watch indianapolis this week on the weekly head haul uh, real bright, bright blue. So you're seeing a uh, pretty good amount of greater outbound options out of there. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. So what what about for outbound capacity? What's that looking like in Indianapolis or or just uh yeah or or around maybe in St. Cloud, Minnesota? Yeah. So Minnesota as well. Actually, Minnesota and St. Cloud track each other pretty closely. Minnesota is around thirteen percent or thirteen point seven. Uh, is it St. Cloud? And St. Cloud right outside of Minneapolis, Yeah, I mean, that place is in the middle of nowhere. So the fact there's a capacity crunch doesn't surprise me. I've actually hauled freight out of there, and there's really nothing there. I mean, it is really hard to get to a shipper out there. Really rural. Um, So if you're in Minneapolis, if you're nearby, if you're looking, you know, Fargo and Billings, Montana, even out further west, those stay pretty elevated in terms of rejections. If you're in, uh, if you're looking to get in Minnesota— possibly understand that being able to get back out you'll have options which is hey that's what we want right that's what it's all about and then you know iowa i was looking same story des moines and cedar rapids 
both elevated above 10% as well. Um, just volumes picking up. Cedar Rapids, uh, really, really favorable for refrigerated. Last week, it was around hmm. one out of every two tenders rejected. Hmm. Interesting. Is, yeah. Is there a seasonality to, the, to that? I would assume right so. I mean, in terms of Cedar Rapids, uh, it's probably pork production. Um, it, it, I don't like to speculate as to what specific type of freight. Yeah, if you don't know. Right. Yeah, but in terms of what's happened in Iowa refrigerated, uh, you know, it's probably not bananas, if I had to guess. Enough of this serious stuff. Right. You came back from your honeymoon. I did. You went to Galaxy's Edge. You went to Disneyland, right? Disneyland. Oh, right. Disney World. Yeah, Disney World. yeah, how did that go? There's, there's, wait, there's a Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland and Disney World now? Yeah, yeah there is. Interesting. So, do, how did Do that you know go? what they're doing, though? Have you heard about the immersive two day hotel experience? No. Oh, dude. So, it's like a cruise ship on a, uh, on, on like the Death Star. Where you're going to be, wow. you go inside this thing, and for two days, you're in this building, and it's completely immersive. I will say at Galaxy's Edge, it was like And then completely... what happens at the end? Does it just like all blow up? Yeah, you're yeah, just dead. It's, it's that's over. it. Like, that's, no, it was so immersive. immersive. And I mean, tying it to freight, here's what's amazing, yeah. is that they're able to move all of this stuff in and out of there without having any sort of you know, knowledge, you, you just, it's so amazing how seamless they make that place run. That's a good point. D- yeah. D- Disney, I worked there one time, not at, not as an employee of Disney, but I was, we were doing a camp there. I worked mm. there three consecutive weeks. And so we got to constantly see behind the scenes of Epcot and wherever they were. And it is just one of the most fascinating logistical yeah, supply chain wise. No, yes. nothing misses a beat. It's, I mean, really, I think in the course of human history over the next thousand years, and I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm being serious here, I, yeah, I hear it you. is a planned community that runs with essentially zero crime that's yeah. seen um, and a perfect, near-perfect supply chain. Even right after, the, I went down there right after the hurricane, right after those huge disruptions, yeah. there wasn't anything missing off the menu or anything missing from the experience, so... Yeah, it was an epic time, man. Did you build a lightsaber? I did. I should bring it in. <laughs> How much it does it cost like to you build it? Because the whole experience when you build the lightsaber, well, Chad, you know. don't, um, did you have to wait in line to do it? I actually, I got a reservation. Yeah. So there was a little bit of a line, but they give you a menu. And I'm telling you, it's fully immersive. These people, it's a Batu is supposed to be the land you're in, right? Okay. So it's like, uh, you know, this outpost and galaxy, you're there. We go in there, and I don't want to ruin it for anybody yeah, because sure. it is it yeah, is epic. Spoiler alert. I would I would say it was two hundred bucks. Yeah. Now I got to watch my wife as she built one, so it was oh. technically a hundred bucks each. But yeah, it's all good. Um, she loved it. I loved it. You take home something, and it's a really hot. I'll have to bring it in. It's a high quality lightsaber. All right, wow. bring it in. Next time. Was, what color is it? No, it's red. Of course. Oh, so you oh. went. You can pick your alignment, yeah, right? Yeah, That's you, not, yeah. The only spoiler we give is you can pick your alignment. You can pick your. Like well, Kyber, mean, if you're super dork, this isn't a spoiler. You can pick your Kyber crystal. You can, and it's pretty sweet. And and the way that the whole process runs, um, it is very, it's very well thought out. And and despite the fact that it, at the essence of everything, a theme park is a money grab, but it's a fun money grab, yeah. and they don't <laughs> yeah. make you feel like you're being ripped off. Um, it, you know, after six days in a theme park, it's very magical. I'm yeah. pretty good on theme parks for a while. Yeah, but yeah, a really, a it's a great time for a honeymoon. And now it's all work up until I'm basically in town working hard until Freight was live. So. You don't have to go back until you have, like, kids or something, right? Oh, work and no system. play. Yeah, that's what we actually discussed that. And that was, I mean, in terms of honeymoon, you say, all right, that's definitely the next step. So yeah. it's a lot of fun. Very right, nice. Man. Well, Very thank you for joining nice. us today, and thanks for the review. You guys. Uh, thanks, Kyle. We'll see you next time. All right. Catch the night shift. Uh, is, what time is it, 7 p.m.? Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Easter Hump week. Hump we'll day, rather. Thanks for joining the us. tip of the cyclical freight cycle, as mm-hmm. they say. And this is now, a, yeah, this week for us, we're on a normal schedule, so 
Mondays, 3.30 Eastern Time. And then Friday, we'll be with you at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And on Mondays, we do a little segment we like to call Big Deal, Little Deal with the lovely Emily Zink, who just got back from a, a golf trip. She's trying to improve her swing that she ruined while being a champion, a champion of her high school. But no, 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 no. I was no champion of my high school. Her team well, was. Your my team, team was. was good. Yes. yes. And, uh, you did it in a walking a, boot, though. You had a cast on yeah. and it ruined and I, her swing. Yes. Forever. Wow. You guys really been. remember that story from earlier today. <laughs> well, it was only like, yeah, it was <laughs> earlier today. I don't remember that good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds like a pretty big deal. You want to know how I did that? How did you do it? It was on a marine obstacle course. Like, it was an inflatable obstacle course, like a bouncy no house. No wonder. Wow. And I'm not allowed to join the Marines. I had to sign a thing because they paid for it because oh, it wasn't oh. inflated all the way. Wow. You were supposed so to I inflate never, it? No, I wasn't. They were supposed to. Oh. That and sounds so, like a raw deal for you. They were yeah. supposed to inflate it, and now you... And it wasn't inflated all the way, and then I tore every ligament in my ankle. Did you see the one on the oh. news that went flying down and hit a power line, and then, like, exploded, and there was fire everywhere? No one was on it, right? There was no children to fly, thankfully. No, those things, when the winds get no, too high, are. I've covered stories. Kids just, they go flying yeah. because, yeah, unsafe. But anyways, I do have some big deal, little deal, and it looks like Chad gets to go yep. first. loser oh. goes first. Okay. <laughs> Donald Tankersley, a Ooh. former chief executive officer of White Dairy Ice Cream and Tankersley Food, based out of Arkansas, pleaded guilty to two oh, counts of tax fraud in federal court on September 20th. Is this a chocolate or vanilla deal, Chad? <laughs> I guess what what does chocolate mean? Big deal? Yeah, yeah. vanilla. Uh, not so yeah, vanilla. Um, I think it's kind of a big deal, mm. right? I mean, these things are happening all the time, but it's a lot of money, uh, a lot of fraud happening here. He is facing up to what is it? Six six years in prison, uh, and he's already agreed to pay back the IRS um, nearly two hundred thousand um, dollars. Sad, you know. Apparently true and uh, big deal. It's a chocolate deal. What do you think, Dooner? I mean, it's vanilla because we've been <laughs> reading these stories like almost every every yeah. episode. Now there's someone else getting busted for for some sort of impropriety, and I think that has to do with data yeah. and technology. People are it's easier to see the trail, and when someone audits you, they can actually see where all these transactions. Yeah. Are going, you can't just bury it yeah. in, in the books. Or, well, that makes it a trend, and therefore yeah. a big deal. Well, you used to be able to keep a spreadsheet <laughs> on your own computer, right? And yeah. you, and, uh, and right. now, like, that they're cloud-based, other people can access it, and they can see what you're doing. And, uh, you know, when you show up with, a, like, a, a new Tesla and a snowblower and that power washer, <laughs> and you're yeah. the ice cream man. I mean, he was the CEO, but you're the ice cream but man. People still, may get a little... Yeah. Uh, Sell a little more ice cream. It could be suspect. It has been hotter than recently, so maybe they're selling more ice cream. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Apple is, this is really interesting. Apple is making their new Mac Pro in Austin, Texas to avoid any Chinese tariffs. Dooner, is this deal worth upgrading for? You know, it's a it's a pretty (laughs) it's a pretty big deal. I mean, when Trump went to war on these tariffs, he he said part of it was to bring manufacturing back to the United States and He's gotten a lot of blowback for it, but I have to give credit where it's where credit is due. Getting a company like Apple to open up a manufacturing plant that's that's not a, like a Foxconn plant overseas, yeah, in Austin, Texas, is a pretty huge deal. Is this one of the new products that Apple just announced? The Mac Pro, I think there it's just it's their typical Mac Pro line. They're yeah. just they're just building components, new. yeah, okay. and assembling it here. But pretty cool because the iPhone used to just say designed in California and made in China. And now they can actually put Made in the USA on some yeah. of the products. Really interesting turn of events. Yeah. yeah it's for the, what are you thinking? It's for the 2019 Mac Pro, and it does, you know, involve, like, a number of parts. I think it's a, it's a, it's a, 
huge deal. I think it's a really big deal, not only because it's in Austin, Texas. They're actually t- having – they're, I think, expanding to places like Seattle hmm. uh, and uh, Vermont and some interesting places, which makes you wonder, like, well, why exactly are they strategizing these places? Is it for the taxes or whatever? But Amazon effect. Quick was, delivery. Yeah, right. yeah, maybe. But I also think it's a big deal in terms of uh, there. There was the what the economic piece. I think there's also kind of the the political piece, the internet, like the like this. Hey, we're yeah. really encouraging and we're wanting to cheer for you know the United States yeah. here, uh, uh, and um, that's partly. And I think they might have been a little vulnerable. Remember, there were some times where like you know. All, like China, like collectively said, don't buy any Apple products, and they they like yeah. dive down twenty percent, massively at risk. Yeah. There. yeah. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, we'll see if more things like that. Yeah, like you said, that is a big name to be keeping production yeah. here in the U.S. So we yeah. will continue to watch that. Ketamine valued at just over forty-two million dollars was seized <laughs> in the On Indian drugs. Ocean. Chad, kilogram. Or milligram deal. <laughs> um, well, I had to look up uh, what ketamine is oh. because because I was understanding that it was just you like a, helps you go to sleep or it helps with epilepsy or whatever. But apparently, mm. it's also a date rape drug. It's a it's it, it's used in like rave uh, culture. like yeah rave culture like mm-hmm. and with ecstasy and stuff. Uh, so yeah, special so, K. So oh, is that what? That yeah, that's from? what it is. You may have heard that. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So um, I think it's a big deal, big bust, a series of busts. It's a it's a trend, not just a one off. Milligram deal. This is another <laughs> thing we read every single week now. Like it seems like people are getting busted with these with the drugs, and they're getting busted stealing money from people. You know, you can't count yeah. an honest John, and I'm an honest John. <laughs> well, we just kinda, and we can't fool you. Yeah, we just kind of touched on this last one. U.S. and Mexico cut a deal to avert 25 percent tariffs on Mexican tomato imports. Mm. Dooner, is this a bigger little deal? Those tomato imports. Uh, you know, I like a nice caprese salad. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's that's a big deal. I love them. Um, you know, they have at the Walmart down the street. They have green tomatoes, and they don't have these up north. And they're like really like thick beefsteaks. I hate like yeah. a like a soft squishy yeah. tomato. Yeah. Oh, they I can't. Really yeah. got to work that. You've got to work that green tomato if you want to make it any good at all. You got to bread it. You got to cook it. You no. got to do a lot of no. What? Not the ones I've been eating. Wow. I just find them so delicious and so delightful. Really? Yeah, so many of like the tomatoes. <laughs> like, yeah. spot, so, many, tomatoes. so many of the tomatoes, like, they just taste like water. Yeah. I feel like a lot of tomatoes, like they, they bread uh, the taste out of them. This is very true. You know, and like sometimes you get the vine ripened, but they get squishy too soon. And then the consistency is ruined. So you get the taste, but then it's it's just yeah. too mushy. So, uh, you know, I'm all for tomatoes. And if the Mexicans can make a better tomato and it's going to cost less, I'll eat it. Yeah, me too. But I still think it's pretty little deal. You know, it's not a huge industry. The the scope of what we've been talking about with the other big deals far outweigh this. But yeah, of course, I'm a big tomato fan. Okay, you know, I like the Roma tomatoes. You can make a good salsa out of them. You make your own salsa? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Wow. Oh, I make my own uh, wok, but I don't make my own salsa. But I yeah. guess I need to dabble in that too. Absolutely, I'll give well, you some good recipes. Yes, this has been making headlines over the weekend. Huh? We work board looks to oust CEO. Adam Newman, Chad, yeah. we work deal or we unemployed deal? <laughs> uh, I guess what we will say about this is um, I think it's kind of a big deal. They were valuing themselves as an IPO at what? Like, at first, they were valuing themselves at like forty-seven billion, it's but then they, they yeah. took it all the way down to ten billion. Quite the discount. I think that his behavior is odd. Some of the structuring is is bizarre uh, of of how they are working. You know, it's valuation when it's 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 also maybe a bit of a, a trend in some of this this kind of crowdsourcing gig economy type of stuff um, where it's 
I, th- I think it's vulnerable. I think it'll be interesting to find out what happens, whether or not really he gets ousted. Yeah. Big deal. You know, I was, I'm reading the book right now called Super Pumped. And in it, to talk about Special K, I'll talk about Travis K. Yeah. He says that the VC always tries to kill the CEO. And uh-huh. um, I'm not saying this is an example of that or that that really is true. Travis K is a lot similar to Adam Newman in the, in the sense that they're very, very polarizing CEOs, right? Yeah, very good point. And, um, and I think that it's not that the VC necessarily, and I think it's kind of one of those causation doesn't necessarily mean correlation. I think that sometimes CEOs have these amazing ideas, but they're a little bit too crazy once you try to make that, that business plan to take yeah. it to the next level. And when you're starting to talk about billions and billions of dollars, and this is an IPO that went from, I think they were looking at like 50 some odd billion down to like 3 billion. That's a major loss. And I think the reality is that there's only two investors that invest in the company. Um, yeah. It, they don't own anything. They are they're renters, you know. So they're 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 long on rent, yeah. trying to go short on these payments, and uh, they're starting to talk about tech. And one of the interesting things I heard in terms of tech that maybe they can scale is like geofencing employees, which I'm not a fan of, but like tracking employees and productivity. So using some of the the productivity things so people can see what their remote employees are are doing within an office. Personally, that would give me another reason not to want to use yeah. a WeWork thing, but I could see yeah. the value of it. From the perspective of someone who is very concerned with employee productivity. Yeah, you made a point. A lot of these, like Elon Musk, a lot of people, uh, even Zuckerberg, people say he's a bit crazy as a leader. So I think you have to be a bit crazy to come up with one of these big ideas. But then, as you said, once other people get involved, then they might not be able to Turn take the, the crazy. Business. Yeah, yeah, the big business. So we'll see. Well, after the Patriots released Antonio Brown, he says he is officially done with the mm-hmm. NFL. False start or touchdown deal Dooner. I mean, I think it's sort of like uh, you get fired and, like, you can't fire me because I quit kind of thing. Yes, that's I mean, exactly this is, it. This is a guy who, in the span of a few months, burned his bridge with four different teams. He was with the Steelers. He caused a lot of problems there. There was that rumor that he was going, getting trades to the Bills at the uh, 11th hour and 59 second. He canceled that deal. He goes over to the Raiders and immediately starts trouble over there. He freezes his feet off in a cryogenic chamber. Uh you know, and then uh, then for a minute we thought he was crazy, and then yeah. we thought he was a brilliant strategist. Yeah, We're like, oh, okay. Yeah. He really figured out how to get out of that deal. He didn't want to go there. Now he's on the Patriots, and then almost immediately he goes and screws that up. The Patriots tell him not to to let his lawyers deal with it, to not bring any more exposure to these allegations, and instead he goes and he texts a picture of the girl's children to her, intimidates her, and then yesterday he tweets out uh, comments attacking Robert Kraft, Ben Roethlisberger, and uh, who else was on there? Shannon Sharp. Yeah. And, and Robert Kraft is one of the most powerful men in the NFL. I don't think owners are going to take another chance on this guy after no. seeing that he can come back and bite you and you give him another chance like that. So I think that, yeah, I mean, XFL, here we come. Yeah. That pretty much summarizes the entire story. Uh, but, you know, I um, is it a big deal or whatever? I, You know, I just regret. I'm tired of talking about him and thinking about him. He's in the news every single day. Uh, I just I feel like it's too bad. I would have liked to have seen him with the Raiders. Mr. Big Chest just, yeah. just playing yeah, with the Raiders. What what I don't understand about him is he didn't realize that an owner had the authority to make a decision. That's what that's yeah. what his rant, most recent rant was. He was mad that Robert Kraft had made the final decision. Well, I think an owner can make <laughs> yeah. a decision of yeah. who's yeah. on their team and Multi- who's not. Right. He yeah. I think he's also griping about the guaranteed money. You know, which he's going to file a. A grievance with the NFL but Players Association. Conditional. And the yeah. NFLPA yeah. is one of the weakest player associations in the sport. So good luck, Antonio Brown. Yeah. Collecting. That's probably the last time we talk about AB. But yeah. Let's hope so. Maybe so not. joins the, we'll see. the XFL. <laughs> Goes to the Canadian Football League. Is there, there is an XFL? Yeah, it's kind of starting up. 
Oh, um, starting up. Yeah, starting up. So. They they just announced all the team names. Vince McMahon relaunched it. You know what I like? I, I Everyone's looking at me like I'm crazy. Like this the, is a real thing. I liked the USFL. Yeah. Like I was starting to get into those teams, mm. and I was like, they, "Okay, oh, this will be real and big then, throwback." And then it, and then it, then it talk about Donald Trump. There's a really good thirty for thirty on him uh, taking that league down. <laughs> oh, wow. There's yeah. some good 30 for 30s. Oh. Well, that's all I got today, guys. What's next out of you, Em? Em, you got anything to plug, promote? Well, this Friday, I think you might have been talking about Automation yeah. Nation before. Yeah. But yes, that episode comes out, which will be really good. And Motlow State Community College has a really cool robotics and automation program that oh. I do a future story on. And then oh. you were one of the contestants. So yeah. jam-packed episode. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So 12 yeah. Eastern time. Real good episode. Friday. We release it on all of our I know. social. I'll have to make up for losing in Market Expert Trivia to JP. There we go. And uh, automation, we, we promoted. Yeah, yes. I will. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> well, oh. thank you guys. All right. Thanks, At Emily Zink on Twitter. That's yes. S-Z-I-N-K. The S is silent. Yes, yeah. <laughs> As we mentioned in this show, you can you can find us on Friday. We'll be on at 1 p.m. Eastern time. If you're listening to the audio version of this, like Freight Waves on LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook, and you can watch this live stream. Or you can watch the replay Absolutely. of the live stream. But if you don't feel like looking at us, and I don't blame you, <laughs> don't feel like I'm done looking at these guys. Yep. Audio version. Audio version is uh, doing as, as well as ever on yep. uh, Stitcher, Spotify. Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast, of course. And everywhere. 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 Podcasts are heard around the world. You can you find him, him at Chad Prevost. Find me at Timothy Dooner. That's D-O-O-N-E-R. Uh, anything else cool coming out? I think there might be a um, there'll be a new Freight Waves Insiders on Thursday. All right, cool. Morning yeah. minute and uh, the American Shipper AM update every morning. You can find those on social media or subscribe to them also on podcast freightwaves.com slash podcast for all this content. And I think that pretty soon we'll have a a brand new site to announce to you. Can't do it just yet, but oh, uh, that's right. we'll be excited to do it. When we do tease let's, it. Let's turn the key on the ignition for this show. Let's uh, let's round it out. Yeah! Hey, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being here and sharing the love. Little, little Cowbell, the end of Ivy's career, maybe. Little Cowbell for $17 Kit Kat. Little Cowbell for the first day of fall. That's right, my favorite season. Little Cowbell for the viewers for tuning in to What the Truck! Yeah! Giddy yeah. Oh, you know what we got a little, little Cowbell for? Little Cowbell for Morgan's Kidney Stone. Heard that thing's out. Morgan will be back soon enough. He's yes. one of our valued team members Shout over out here. To Morgan. Little, little cowbell for all the Freight Tech 100 voters and winners. Remember, FreightWaves.com. Get your votes in now. See you soon.